0: And welcome back to MTG Profits. This is the podcast where we discuss uh, magic cards in general and, more specifically, uh, how to make money buying and selling magic cards. Uh, this is the sixth episode. I think I might have already mentioned that. Uh, my name is Devin, and I'm joined with my host, Andy. Hi, guys. And um, we're just going to start uh, right into it. Uh, we're now, uh, I guess, a week or two out from the launch of Guilds of Ravnica, and. Uh, I think we've had a, some time to sort of review and look at the cards, and uh, I know Andy's been playing with the cards a bit more than I have, so uh, Definitely. that's kind of kind of fun. And so I actually, I think
1: it was this past weekend was the release, right? Because of, yeah. it was two weekends ago, so it uh, yep. dropped uh, this past, past weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, what are your thoughts so far on the set as far as fun and playability? Have you been liking it? Have you been... <laughs>
1: It seems okay. I mean, I think we've talked before about the Ravnica and the multicolor aspect of it, and I think it's—it always makes it a little more interesting when you have multicolor and these hybrid colors. Um, you know, a lot more combinations um, that work and play. Uh, kind of that—that that fun factor of the guilds in there. Um, you know, different aspects. I, I'm not. Really sold on any of the mechanics so far, except surveil, which seems to be very powerful. yeah.
0: The surveil does seem seem decent. Yeah. So I and it's I on think a
1: lot of cards too. It seems it, you know? it
0: always seems that we're on the receiving end of it. That's for sure.
1: So, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but but I like, really again have...
0: with the surveil?
1: I know it was very very brutal, especially yeah. with the some of those cards.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I, I agree. I feel that surveil is
0: by far the best mechanic.
1: Yeah, I haven't really experimented a whole lot with the other mechanics like the mentor, uh, the undergrowth. Uh,
0: you know, I think that I think they all have potential. As always, you know, it's gonna take a little while to suss that out. But on first blush, the surveil seems superior.
1: Exactly, exactly, I agree with that
0: I could see the mentor working really well If you start, you know, start off fast and hard And then, you know, the game just gets out of control pretty fast I could see that running running away with the game pretty quickly, too Mm -hmm. I'd say that's probably my second favorite of the mechanics As far as actual usability, but but uh surveil seems honestly a, a, a league in its own when it comes to uh utility and and value there. So
1: I, I agree. I think it has yeah. a lot of possibilities. Even though it's pretty much the same as Scribe but with Graveyard, but uh
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It just does seem to be useful and it seems to be on a lot of cards yeah. and you know, it just it really just really sort of helps when the games start dragging a little bit, especially like in a limited format where you're you know, you're just, you're just waiting for that next top deck or whatever, you know, you're just waiting for that one thing that can put it over the top, because sometimes the game will stall, you know, and then that Surveil seems to really be able to break the stall in your favor a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not, yeah, but like you said, I don't think any of these other mechanics were anything terribly new or really that original. They're just more... more building on some of the traditional themes of plus-one counters and Putting things in graveyards—it's uh, the same, same kind of fair. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would, I would agree with that. So,
1: we've seen the, uh, I guess, in between the pre-release and the release, there's been some fluctuations in, in the prices. Uh, some the, winners
0: and losers. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely some winners and losers. The Pelt Collector, he jumped uh, pretty big. He was, he went up. I think he hit maybe around fourteen or so. Uh, during the the pre-max hype, yeah. yeah. And then he dropped back down, like and 7, the 10. same yeah. thing with the um, what is it? The uh, March of the Multitudes, which also jumped. It was originally at like five or so, and then it jumped up to now it's around fourteen. Yeah, uh, that one really popped up. Um,
0: yeah, I, I guess it's instant speed, which really makes it nice. It's mythic too, so availability is a little bit more scarce. But uh, and it has Convoke, which is always kind of nice too. So. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the the Doom
1: Whisper, he's still he's still up there. That's he another is.
0: one. I, I still I still predict his his tremendous fall.
1: <laughs> I this. I totally agree with you. I think he's gonna <laughs> drop drop dramatically. He In just no really way, feels
0: just... like he just feels like the sort of the the classic. You know, flying beater that always seems good at first, but then sort of drops off quite a bit, you know. Uh, I, I may be, you know, I may be proven wrong, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's got that much staying power at that price point. So I, I still uh, would recommend selling on – that would be a hard sell if I cracked one of him in a pack.
1: Yeah, he's been really hovering between like 16 and about 22 now Yeah. I mean, do you think it's the Surveil that, that's giving him that extra bump? I don't
0: know. You know what? He just has no drawbacks. He's a 6-6 six, six Flying Trample for five mana, you know, with, with bonus, pure upside. So, I mean, everything yeah. he's got, there's nothing he has that's bad. It's just that, um, which, you know, which sometimes that's enough. And maybe sure. in current standard, you know, that, that may work for him. But um, that still, to me, looks like a card that if I opened it in a pack, I'd be selling that card. So to me, you know, that's the kind of card that it ha- it may have some life now, but the moment it gets close to rotation, boy, that's a $2 card, it, you know. Yeah. So it, it just seems like, I, I, you know, unless you need it to play with it, then I would sell it. You know, if you're yeah. trying to build that deck, that's a different story. But if you're sure. like, well, you know, I, if you're more of a casual player and you're not, you know, chasing standard, you know, that, that's got sell written all over it to
1: me. I, I agree. I think you should dump the, yeah. the demon lair as soon as you can.
0: You know that brings me to another point too, and I, I think I, I sent out a, a note to you about this one. Was the, um, the the walking ballista has recently spiked up from one of those challenger decks, and um, it, it's one of the older ones. It's an ether revolt card, yeah. and that's another one that if you if you have any of those, I would be selling those immediately. So. I popped out a sort of an urgent, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I saw that an urgent uh, report on that one just because it's it's spiked, you know, in the last. Oh my goodness! I want to say in the last um, couple of days, I want to say it's yeah, up, last week you said yeah, yeah, like twenty bucks, and um, it's been you know as low as you know, gosh, it's been as low as ten, I want to mm-hmm. say, going back to April time, so like twelve, twelve dollars. And um, it's been, you know, its high point, its highest ever was uh, twenty around twenty four dollars, mm-hmm. and um, and it's recently spiked back up to the low twenties. And um,
1: what's the it, why, why? The spike? Do we know? You
0: know, I, I, it's it's another one of these counter cards. You know, it enters the it yep. enters the battlefield with the X plus one plus ones. You can move the plus one counters, you know, you can build its own, and you can sack the plus one, plus one counters to deal damage to a creature or a uh, player directly. Yeah. And, um, it, it's found a new home, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure where it's found its home, but it's, it's found a home somewhere. And, um, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think we're probably getting to the ceiling for this card. Um, yeah. cause it's, it, again, it's not just in packs. Not only is it in packs that was opened pretty heavily, the Ether Revolt had reasonable, uh, you know, sales figures, but also it's in that Green Challenger deck as a one of. So I, know, okay. I um I've been scrambling and scouring the eBay in the last like thirty six hours. I bought three of those precond decks. Oh. Um, for about 20 bucks and um wow. and and i'm already li- and i'm already selling those, <laughs> those <walking ballistas>. yeah. <laughs> so um so that's the kind of thing where and you know the funny thing is what's well, the way it works is no one's selling that box by itself anymore because that box is now selling for 30 so sure. but what you can find is you can buy like say three of them it'll be like It'll be the blue one, and then it'll be the vehicle rush one, which is like the vehicle, yep. and then it'll be the green one. You'll get like three of them for 40. Um, so, and then, you know, if you can get it free shipping, then what you do is you parse that walking ballista out, you sell that for 20 bucks, yep. and essentially you have, you know, Almost all the cards from the green deck, and then those
1: other two decks for twenty bucks.
0: You know, mm-hmm. so that that's pretty much the definition of value right there.
1: Yeah, so. that's pretty great. Was there anything else in those other decks, or are they you know what? There grateful? is,
0: but there's not anything of tremendous value. Okay. I want to say there's like some fumigates and some in the blue one, and there's like some some uh, uh, some lands in there that have some value. And um, which
1: um, which deck was that ballista in?
0: It's in the green one. It's called um, Uh, Counter Surge, I believe is is what it's called. And um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been getting every one of those that I can get my hands on um, because I don't think that price can possibly hold. You know, it's very, very difficult for a rare card to hold a $20 price tag, especially sure. if it's been printed in a supplemental product that you can pull right off the shelf and know you're going to get that card. Yeah, yeah. So, you right about uh, that. You know, that's the classic, and I, you probably remember this, the, um, the Mind Seize deck. The, oh, uh, yeah. Classic. yeah. I want to say, was that 2013 was Commander? Commander. Yeah, it was, uh, and, um, and that, that, uh, that, um, what was a true name nemesis was basically yeah. the value of the whole box so yeah. you know you'd parse that out sell it immediately keep the remainder and that's exactly what i'm doing with these counter surge decks so i'm pulling that ballista out selling it and keeping the rest and or selling some of the others too because there's there's other cards in there as well none of them are i want to say the next the next highest value is like a five dollar card but but you know you you can't beat it when you're basically getting it all those cards sure for sure so
1: I so so remember for those Challenger decks. I I bought several of the the red one. The right. red one's great, but you know and what? Funny theory. Yeah.
0: Even now, when you look at those things, the um, they've dropped quite a bit too. The uh, I want to say the uh, let's see what was that one called? Hazard agro. So the hazard agro yeah. mm-hmm. now, when you look at those cards, for example, that walking ballista that's twenty bucks. Yeah. The Chandra and the Hazaret Agra is down to twelve. Wow! So the uh, and the other card was the uh, what was it the uh, Oh it
1: Hazaret was it? the Hazaret. Was, right. Hazaret, um, uh, the Chandra, and I guess to a lesser extent, I think maybe the Glory Bringer as well. But okay, that's, that's dropped way way down.
0: So to give you a sense for perspective, that Hazaret is five bucks. Yeah. The Chandra's twelve. So doing the exact same thing. If you got that red deck for twenty, which is harder to do than the green one, you'd have to sell two cards and you still wouldn't make the twenty back. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's dropped quite a bit. There is some other value cards in there though. There's you know there's some soul scar mages. There's like three of those. And, you know there's like there's 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 a couple even like the abrades. They're like two dollars each and they're uncommon so there's no way a little bit more
1: work on that one if you want. yeah
0: that's exactly right but um but if somebody has those counter surge decks lying around or if they've got those walking ballistas sell now instantly list them tonight (laughs) after you listen to this video I've sold. I've been selling them at nineteen dollars and eighty nine cents, and they've been selling within hours of being listed. So wow! I, I listed great. two more tonight at eight p.m. So
1: okay, let's
0: we'll see how they go. Well, yeah,
1: but, we'll see what, what happens with that.
0: I'll give you an update next week if I can remember. <laughs> so well, that's an urgent sell advisory. <laughs> nice. <It's>, nice. <laughs> timing like a, is critical, I think. On that, I think. Yeah.
1: Get buys to it. So, hmm. Uh. I guess the other thing I was going to mention, too, about talking about Guilds of Ravnica pricing, you know, we talked about this last time as well, uh, kind of speculating the impervious Great Worm. He was the, yes. the by bio, a bio box promo who was originally being speculated at around $20.00. The, the great worm has proven not so great as he's uh, tanked <laughs> down to about eight bucks now. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I saw that, and you dumped him at twelve, did you not? I
1: dumped him at twelve. Nice. So,
0: so you're feeling the love on that a little dumped,
1: bit. So I was glad to of him quickly. It,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. So so it's tough for cards to maintain value like that. It really <laughs> can be challenging. So, but at least that thing is like hard to get. You know, the the yeah. uh, the ballista is not hard to get. So that's that's why the the timing is critical on that sell order. Yeah, it's tough for things to hold their value, really is.
1: I guess the other thing to note, I mean, the Assassin's Trophy still holding value. I mean, twenty-three yeah. bucks or so. Yeah, that's still high. The that demand for that's
0: going to be really high for a little while. I think it's so useful in so many formats. I think that will <laughs> hold some value. I don't think it'll hold a $24 value. No. You know, I see, you know, I see probably that thing should have in value over time. But it may maintain some 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 decent. I would I would think it'll settle at 16 to 18 in the standard yeah, during I stand. See that. So, um, I mean it's just so good. I I mean uh, it's obviously good, but I don't know that it's I don't know that it's that much better than um God, what's that other green green oh green black one that everybody uh, always uses? Oh yeah, from, I know what uh, you're talking
1: about. Um, oh, golly. it's uh is Putrefy? The
0: um the Putrefy is a three mana one that was in the original Ravnica. This one's from the um Oh, it's it's two it it exiles a target uh target permanent of three casting cost or less for two mana. Okay. And um and that card is um, from the other Return to Ravnica. Okay. And um, you know what? I'm going to have to find out what that is. But um,
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: yeah, that card is... You see, that card, I think, is honestly probably similarly good to the Assassin's Trophy. Yeah. The Assassin's Trophy is standard legal, of course, but sure. um, the... Abrupt Decay, that's the term ah, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. The, the abrupt decay, though, has the the downside of only being able to... It's still an instant. It can target only non-land permanence three or less. However, the abrupt decay has the advantage of not being counterable. So abrupt decay cannot be countered. Okay. So I think in modern... I actually think abrupt decay is probably better than assassin's trophy because by turn most of your threats are three mana or less in modern you know okay. by the time turn 3 or 4 starts rolling around you know you're playing your 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 best cards and um, so I think the non counter ability is actually more valuable than being able to hit any target now that's long term not obviously sure. you know so the standard will keep the assassin's trophy trophy high but I definitely see it dropping once the hype wears off. Yep. So, you know, I still probably would sell into any Assassin's Trophies that I open. You yeah, know, in the 20s, I'm still selling them. I think the set's going to be open to quite a bit. People have, you know, more recent entrance to the game that started around, you know, Return to Ravnica time, which it was now, like, what, six years ago now? Yeah, you know. a long time. So there's going to be a little bit of nostalgia for them and I think this and it was again I think return was might maybe the most open set of all time. I think it was the hev- most heavily printed wow. set of all time. And which is part of the reason why you can still buy boxes today for like 80 bucks. So huh. the other day I saw Gate Crash boxes selling for 74. So that's pretty low. um low. 6 years later that's that's very unfortunate for people holding those boxes. Yeah. Uh, myself included I think I have two Gate Crash boxes and I think five Return to Ravnica boxes. Okay. but uh, So I'm sitting on dead money. But yeah. um, I actually think Abrupt Decay is a better long-term card just because the, the formats that it's played in, um, uh, the ca- the non-counterability, I think, really matters. So yeah. I, I would sell any Assassin's Trophy that I opened for anything over $20. I'd be happy to do it. And then I could rebuy, back, re-buy them back later when they're cheaper.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So. Also, a couple other mini-spikes here, too. The um, Experimental Frenzy and the Runaway Steamkin also kind of caught my eye, too. They they were both... They started off about $3 or so, and they've grown to 5 around $5. Well, I, I could see it going up to maybe 6 or so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Experimental Frenzy is just kind of a different card. Uh, it seems like it's something that could be broken at some point, somehow it's it's a it's sort of unusual and the steam can definitely helps out the red decks with yeah. adding mana to
0: it. yeah and plus he he grows a little bit pr- pretty he easily does. like in yeah. a natural way that you don't have to mm-hmm. you're not going to have to work hard to to get him to grow exactly yeah. you know the funny thing the experimental frenzy does give red Odd abilities that you don't really typically see in red, like looking at the top card. Exactly, yeah, you that's know, kind of an unusual, unusual an ability in in a red card. So, so we'll we'll see how that goes.
1: And you know, we, we talk about buying boxes and, and selling the cards. You, you know, you can never really tell how much you're gonna make off a box, and but it, it really all just depends on. Your, your mythics and your rares and what's foil that, that comes into your box. And sometimes you open a good box, sometimes you don't. I know. Yeah, I, I have a lot of bad luck opening boxes.
0: I get duds all day. So okay. I, I try to keep them
1: sealed for that reason.
0: I have terrible, <laughs>
1: terrible luck. This last time I did try selling a box, and I sold the cards from the box the week before it released. And oh, I had I had great cards in this box. So I got a good box. So you know, keep in mind the booster box cost me approximately it cost a hundred dollars. In that uh, included with that, I mean, I had the Great Worm. I had I got a Legion War Boss foil. I got a Legion War Boss. I got the Runaway Steamkin. I got a March of the Multitudes. Got a Temple Garden. Uh, Lazav the Multifarious. A Pelt Collector. Steam Vents uh aurelia exemplar of justice and i got the money card i got the assassin's trophy and i got the doom whisperer oh yeah and i got uh tragic and a watery grave so you
0: you, yeah that's probably about as good as it's gonna get i mean you're not gonna get
1: any better than that but you know when you, you add it all up and i i sold these very aggressively and I sold early, so I, I did lose out a little bit on the March of the Multitudes and the Pelt Collector okay. um, on cost. So I lost a couple bucks there from what it actually ended up at. Uh, but all all done and sold. And this isn't even you know completely um, the exact numbers. I'll, I'll get those soon. But you know, taking away shipping costs, taking away PayPal costs,
0: eBay uh,
1: costs. eBay costs. I have to put that in there. You know, it really came down to break even. Uh, yeah, I basically broke even. It was about 120 dollars, a little less than that actually, probably more like 115 or so, uh, minus everything. So, you know, for all those cards that I sold, and for the the cost, and I sold this all, this all eBay related sales, I only ended up with, you know, 20 or less dollars in profit. Which probably is, probably less, honestly. The uh, eBay G Z yeah. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: Really the only profit you probably made was keeping the residual cards.
1: Exactly. I mean that's the bonus I get a couple yeah. dollars in, in profit and I get you know, maybe I don't know how many it is, fifteen rares or whatever of, of use and all the other you know uncommons and commons.
0: You know, and that brings up a really good point, too, that I think is is kind of important to make. You know, even though we talk about, you know, buying and selling cards and making money from cards, I think realistically you're very seldom going to actually make a lot of money selling cards. You know, I think you're going to hope to, you know, if you end up making enough money to fund your hobby, I think you're about in as good a shape as you're going to get. You know, because the the amount of time and effort that it takes to actually do that, for example, selling that whole box, you had to break it down, open every pack, you know, which sounds super fun at first until you're sitting there doing it. And then creating the listings on eBay, you know, selling them, putting them in envelopes. Like all this stuff is very labor intensive.
1: probably took me, I'm just a rough estimate, maybe two hours of work for all of that. Maybe yeah. a little bit more, two to three hours. Uh,
0: yeah, I would actually anticipate it being a bit more, to be honest. But But when you think about that, I mean, that's a lot of work for very little money. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, exactly. It, 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 you could you could work, you could you could, you know, work at your local Walmart for $10 an hour and you're going to actually probably make more money. Yeah. You know, so it's important to understand, you know, it's it's sort of a labor of love and yeah, you know, it, it, you know, you get the pleasure of dealing with the cards, but you're not going to get rich doing this. You know, it, it just isn't going to happen. But Again, if you're realistic and you say, Hey, you know what? I wanna sell enough cards to fund my hobby. You know? I wanna have a box of this new set without you know, having to pay for it. That's exactly. the way you do it. It's just exactly what you've done.
1: I exactly I think you, you've gotta be willing to accept the loss of it, that you might not make any money out of it. You might not get many mythics or or any valuable mythics. I know a friend of mine, he also bought bought a box. You didn't get any of those mythics. It was a total bust for him.
0: Oh, yeah, you get the bad mythics. Yeah, Scott got the bad, you bad get box. Po- you get crapped on by uh, yep. the luck gods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so.
1: and, and like you were saying, Dev, it was, you know, a lot of these, you're not making lots of money off these. I mean, you're you're really, the, the dollar amounts on these cards are pretty small, you know, variations. So, you you know, you're making a couple dollars here you know, by the time you take away fees and all this sort of stuff, you're, you're not making real money, you know. We're not talking big dollar items. So you're yeah. not going to make big dollar profits. You know, and and I also,
0: I think you could if you're willing to do tons of work, you know, and I think, you know, and I'm, I don't know many people that are willing to do the amount of work required to actually make a substantial fu- amount of money at doing this, you know. Because for the sake of argument, you know, if you did that, Ten times, you know, ten boxes worth of stuff, you know, for, like, say, 20 or 30 man hours, you know, which is, you know, at that point, I think maybe then you're going to actually start to be in the, you know, in the profitable area just because you'll have so many other, you know. I think that's possible,
1: yeah. If you're dealing in volume, you can probably pull that off.
0: Takes a lot of effort, though,
1: you know. Exactly. You're going to have a lot of work into that. And
0: then it's not fun.
1: So, no, no, but, you know, realistically,
0: you you pop a box, you sell the contents enough that you keep the remaining contents, you make a few bucks, time well spent.
1: Exactly. Hopefully you've had some fun, you know, playing with the cards, getting these cards, you know, the the hobby aspect of it. I I guess really the best case scenario would be you, you open some of these, you hang on to it, and some of these cards, you know, in five years' time you know, double, triple or or more their value. And then you really make a profit on it.
0: Yeah, those are the surprise, the surprise money makers, the weird uncommons that spike up crazy. You know, like uh, the Kitchen Finks or you know things of that nature, where you're just like, wow, these are twelve dollars now. I I remember where they were fifty cents. You know, that's how you make the money. So you know, exactly. you open all these boxes, you say you put all these cards aside, and you just wait on them until some other deck comes along that really makes them pop. Exactly. And uh, you know. So sometimes you can make a lot more money going through your old collection, you know, and and finding cards in there that are that are sellable and um, and make money that way. But, exactly. Um,
1: so I mean, think of it too as an investment for the future. Right. Uh, you know, maybe you're not going to make anything on it now, but you've got the possibility, and if you're patient, to to. Make something down the line, and you know you can just keep rolling that money forward, and, and hopefully some of these things will turn out. Yep, that's right. That's right. You never know.
0: You know, speaking of that, I think I think next episode we, we, we need to go into detail about you know how we're selling these cards, how we're pricing them. I, I think um, I think that would probably be useful information for the listener. Uh, we've been doing it for a while, so I, I, you know, where to sell, how to sell and actually go through, you know, step-by-step briefly how it's done. And Absolutely. uh like how to sell on eBay, how to price them, how to mail them, how to ship them—you know, the, the the logistical aspects of selling the cards is important. Just because if you're not familiar, I, I think that's valuable information. We'll we'll go through that. I think
1: definitely, definitely, because yeah. yeah, we've talked a lot about selling and and buying, and probably really more about buying than than selling, but. Yeah. We really need to cover that whole process in detail and, and get you the the listener started on this for those of you who really want to give this a shot or even if you you know for the, the casual listener who maybe has a card or two here and there that you just want to to make a couple bucks yeah. on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know we're already kind of running running shorter shorter than expected on time. We're we're almost at a half hour in already. Yeah. Um and um, I know we had uh, been thinking about talking about the arena a little bit. I know uh, you had, had started to actually play a bit of that. I have.
1: I I downloaded the arena this past weekend, and I've gone through, I don't know, maybe about 15 matches or so, so far. So I've got a little bit of an idea how it works, and, and I've played, and I got some first impressions on that. Uh, I know Devin, you haven't had the chance yet to
0: uh, No, I have to admit. try it out. Yeah, I've been uh, been lax. I have uh, not done my due diligence.
1: So, I'm thinking why don't we maybe save that for next episode as well, maybe. Maybe or not a bad idea. Another episode in between or something just to cover Arena um and what are our thoughts about that? And we we'll talk kind of, you know, about the gameplay and that and I I guess in the financial aspect, that really comes into play. You you know, I guess in a digital sort of sense Because we're we're talking now more about a digital market We're talking about You know, magic online The effects upon that The effects upon where magic goes in the future And it's online status And and digital status Where that kind of falls into play With games like Hearthstone And and, uh, monetizing that And, you know, what's uh, yeah, I think it's almost the whole discussion on on its own Yeah, Yeah,
0: I think it's I think it's a worthy topic of discussion. So, I think maybe we'll maybe we'll hit that next week or or the week after depending, you know, but um I think it's I think it's worthy of dedicating an episode
1: to. Absolutely. I think my my yeah. teaser on that is it's it's fun if you're a uh, if you're a beginner, I think it does a great job of explaining the game. If you're an experienced player, I'm not sure where you're going to go with it. I, I think you might have some fun playing, but after that, I, I don't know. After a couple games, I, I think you're going to grow weary and go back to Magic Online or back to your just card collection. But yeah. more, more to come.
0: <laughs> Very good. Do you want to start uh, maybe throwing out a few of our buy picks for the week here? I, I've sure. got a couple in front of me. Um, i got... Yeah, they wanted to go through maybe two. I think two and a bonus. I think two and a bonus. I think would yeah. be
1: great for, for for now. This episode. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, my first my first choice for the week is one that I now. So I'm going to probably go in order of confidence. So okay. confidence of um uh the ability of these cards to go up. So my first card is um and I don't know how I overlooked it, but I did for a little while. But um. It's a, uh, it's a card from Dominaria, and it's very familiar, uh, very familiar other card that's very similar to it, and uh, it's a land card, and uh, I think it's great in, uh, I think it's great in a couple of different places. It's great in a mono black deck, it's great in, um, in, in Commander, and it's called Cabal Stronghold. Okay. So the Cabal Stronghold is familiar because it's very similar to the Cabal Coffers, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Cabal Coffers, but that's the one where mana uh, doubler. Or the yes. Doubler. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, a, it, it's crazy expensive. It's in the twenty dollar range. And um, but the uh, the Cabal Stronghold is essentially the identical card with an activation cost that's one higher. So okay. Cabal Stronghold, just tapping it produces a void mana, so it adds a colorless mana source. Alternatively, you can pay three and tap it and add one swamp, one uh, black mana for each swamp you control. So if you have four swamps, you know, you tap this guy and it would produce, uh, you know, four mana by itself. So the Cabal Coffers was cheaper. It was pay two and tap it to activate it. Okay. So um, the beauty of this little guy is his price tag. So um, right now, the Cabal Stronghold is 60 cents. So it's a whopping 60 cents. And um, so I I think at 60 cents, anything probably below 75 cents, this is a buy for me. So, um, and it's one that I don't mind sitting on for a while either. You know, I, I could see this card becoming a $3 card pretty easily in time. So that's probably my sell point. My buy point is, you know, below 75 cents and um, my sell point is around three dollars and these are cards that I'd buy en masse. like if I if I could find a seller that could sell me 10 of them or 20 of them that's exactly what I would do okay so that's my first pick for the
1: week Bob stronghold nice yeah I, I've been thinking about guilds of Ravnica and and some of the cards in there and we, we've seen some weird spikes on some of them one I, I think that's Going to be overlooked, but I think it's a great card, is the Omni Spell Adept. It's blue card, four colorless, one blue mana. It's three, four. The ability on this card is what really drew drew to me. You for pay two colorless and a blue it's half it. You may cast an instant, or, an instant or sorcery card from your hand without paying its mana cost. Ooh, that's nice. And it's a human wizard. So it's it's got a wizard. It's part of the whole wizard... Oh uh, yeah, um, type tribe becoming yeah. the tribe, which is becoming seemingly more popular. We had a lot of wizards in Dominara, and yeah, she's got more and more coming along.
0: Yeah, and there's and, that recent counterspell that uh, is only two mana if you have a wizard in play.
1: Exactly, oh, yeah. and that uh, was it. Wizards fire, which is a, a very strong burn, uh, if you which is has a cost reduction if you have a wizard. So yeah. another another bonus, but being able to cast an instant or sorcery without paying its cost seems a- amazing i mean That's... some of those those are you know you're talking those bigger spells you know eight mana eight nine mana, mana yeah 10 mana. some of those
0: tremendous blue spells you know or even those like take another turn or all your spells are duplicated <laughs> and all this kind of stuff so yeah
1: you're getting this out early i mean it's it's five to cast but you can probably i'm sure you can get that it out earlier than that than you're casting some giant Eight mana costing spell on turn four or or potentially earlier, uh, it, it just seems like a winner. I I I think that guy's destined to go up. Nice. And right Let's... now he's sitting at forty nine cents or so or less. Yeah, so great. I, I, I can't see him. I don't know. I think it's a great pick.
0: But yeah, I think it. I think it's kind of a neat ability. And sometimes those those those. Those odd, somewhat unique abilities just are really great. You know, they yeah. they really, really just Definitely. they shine, especially once they find a way to get broken. You know, so for example, in if in the next set, you know, there's some eight mana blue sorcery spell that says, you know, something crazy like, you know. Take, t- take an extra turn or all your spells for the rest of the game are, you know, cast twice, you yeah, know. Sure. Or, you know, you get all these kinds of weird, you know, weird ones that are very high. And they're usually big sorceries, so that may not exist in the current standard, but boy, if they, if you found a way to make that work, you know, that'd, exactly. be, that'd be really neat.
1: And I guess this could probably work what? Probably maybe lend itself a little bit more toward modern or maybe commander decks just because of the,
0: yeah, because those card cards floor. they already exist in those formats. It's just yeah. a matter of finding the, you know, it's the, the five casting cost is is tough to is tough to justify. I think for modern, but yeah. but uh, I think if you like, I said, it really just depends on what's printed next. You know, some giant, massive sorcery coming out in the next set would be would 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 be enough to trigger this guy's spike. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's great. My uh, my second pick for the week is one that. Um, is great for tribal cards and uh it's in the same vein as uh the classics uh the uh, the coat of arms and the the uh the door of destinies and the gauntlet of power those cards are all those cards all started off really you know in the 3ish dollar range and now they're you know now they're a minimum of 6 to 7 and in some cases even the high teens like the gauntlet of power but um this is an Ixalan card so i think uh, it has the potential to go up nicely because I don't think it was opened as much. But uh, this card is a five-mana artifact called Vanquisher's Banner. As Vanquisher's Banner enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. And this is the glory part right here: is Whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, draw a
1: card. Draw a card.
0: Yeah. So you know, that's great Cards for goblins or elves. You know, sometimes again you'll be playing these tribal decks with a goblin tribe and you stall out and you die. You know, this is this prevents that that the death stall. You know, oh I play a goblin I draw a card. Oh I played a goblin, I draw a card. Mm-hmm. You know. Great, great. And it's I, I right now it, yeah. you know, it's um you can get this card for about three fifty and um i i see this one going to six you know i i easy and i don't even think it'll be a too too long of a wait you know i i don't think it's going to be like a two-year wait but uh, even if it is this is one where it's like dead money you will get paid for this card this is just a matter of time this is not one of those that's like oh maybe it'll go up every single card like it is 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 higher and in some cases, not as good. So, yeah, in some cases, this is a strict upgrade, you know. But um, with that card draw, so you know, this card I, I think has some serious potential. So, yeah. this is this is this is a great buy.
1: And I think we were talking earlier. I think historically speaking, all of these kind of cards that are similar to this, where it either promotes a certain tribe or or gives a bonus to all of your creatures, they historically have all kept a relatively high value even you know the older yeah. ones and some of them I have do. actually spiked up dramatically like the um of power or
0: yeah yeah, yeah due to reprint issues yeah i mean that coat of arms has been reprinted like 10 times and it's still six bucks exactly. you know so i think this one's just flying under the radar for some reason i think people haven't quite realized how good it is yet
1: I, I certainly wouldn't think it's going to drop. If anything, no. like you said, it's going to go up. Yeah, I think this is easy
0: money. I think this is easy money right here.
1: I, I agree, yeah. definitely.
0: You have a nice. bonus stick for us?
1: Uh, we've got two more, don't we? Uh, we? I've, I've already given my two. Okay, well, I got two. <laughs> oh, wait, you
0: got two more. Yeah, right? I got one more. <laughs> I'm like, moving on. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Like, Thank you. Yeah. Is, is uh, I
1: know, it was just so good. <laughs> we have to end the episode right here. <laughs> Uh my second pick is another for Gilda uh, It's a uh, connive and concoct. This is a split card, yeah, split. which I don't like I like the split mechanic, but split me- split card aside. Um, the this card seems great. I-, I saw it used in some of the pre-release. So were- people had a lot of luck with this card. I think it's definitely going to go up from its very low price tag of about thirty-eight cents or so. I'm seeing it twenty cents, twenty yeah. cents, twenty cents even. It's got. I, I think the the bonus of this is obviously it's got two different cards on it. So you could cast either of these uh, two different sides of it, and they're both uh, for the Demir Guild. And Canai gives you lets you take control of a creature. And concoct is probably even maybe even better. It looks like surveil and then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you're basic you're dumping things oh, wow. into your graveyard and getting thing getting something out of it right to the battlefield. Yeah, that's pretty so good. So that's pretty good. And and these good. also give you this the versatility. So yeah. you know, are you in a situation where you need to take control of something? Okay, take control of it. Are you in a situation where you need to bring a creature back? Well you can bring your creature back. I really like that second half. That concoct
0: surveil three, then bring a creature from the graveyard to the battlefield. It's great, and that's, it's not even till end of turn that creature's sticking around.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I think that's got a lot of potential. I, I could definitely see that popping up in more of these surveil decks. Uh, any of the demure uh, type decks. And yeah, that's a good, twenty that's cents a good or twenty-seven cost. cents. It, it's it's gonna yeah. go up. Yeah, easily, I'd say three-dollar card yeah it's a fun one, i think too
0: so I'm not a huge fan of the split cards, but you know you can't you can't you can't you know fight the utility on that it's just
1: exactly at least they have that going for them
0: exactly Yep, it's exactly right so i do have a bonus pick for the week, and this is um this is one of the um my low cost pick that i i think okay. um I think has potential, and uh, I'm going back to Masters 25. I, I keep hitting these Masters sets. You like the these, Masters. <laughs> you know, I, I really do. I, You know, again, it, it, more of an issue of availability, and, you know, I don't think these things are as heavily opened as as regular sets just because the, the darn price tag on the stupid booster is so high. But uh, this card was originally printed in Commander 2014 as a Commander-exclusive card. It's only been reprinted in Masters 25. It's made the price tank pretty dramatically. It's a blue card, and it's called Reef Worm, and Reef Worm well, does like a couple of different things, and it and it does things that are somewhat atypical for blue. So the first thing that it does is produce tokens, which for blue is not a super common ability. And not only that, it's when it dies, it produces a bigger creature, it produces a fish, then it produces a you know a whale, then it produces a kraken. So you know we're talking. You know, 18 points of power for four mana with this card. And the beauty of this one is with the Masters of 25 reprinting, it's tanked the price all the way down to a quarter. So <laughs> 25 cents, I think, is a deal for this boy. And... um uh, I'd be stocking up on some Reforms at 25 cents a piece. I, and, you know, I, I don't know how high they're going to go because I don't think they've found a home where they're they're critically necessary. But um it's not a bad Commander card. It really isn't. And um it's a great blocker for you. When it dies, you get bigger stuff. I think this card goes to a dollar, you know, so as my bonus pick, mm-hmm. I, I you know. It's like you grab a bunch of these for a quarter, and you just wait until they're a buck, and you sell them as four ofs, and, you know. Yep. I, I remember
1: seeing this card when it came out and thinking to myself the same thing. I'm like, I got to get some of this card. This is a great card. But even at the time, it was it was more than a quarter. It was, yeah,
0: I want to say initially it was $3. like five or six
1: bucks. It was yeah. it was
0: high. Yeah. I
1: was like, no, I had to pass on it. It was one of the yeah. chase
0: cards in that blue uh, blue deck that yeah. it came in. Yeah,
1: I had to pass on that one, and I I definitely uh, remember it.
0: Yep, it's a. I think it's good. It's it's fun. It's got a nice flavor. It produces tokens. And it's dark cheap, so...
1: Oh, nice. Reform. Reform. My uh, bonus pick here, also from Guilds of Ravnica, I keep coming back to that, and I have some more expensive picks, but I'm going to keep everything here today on on the cheaper side, Uh, is the Deafening Clarion. This is a Boros card, red-white. One colorist, one red, one white. And it's an option card. I I think we've seen in the past that these option cards, and they've grown. I want to say they they really started more. Gosh, when did they really start? Origins. Origins, maybe? Origins, yep. Where we started getting multiple options on cards and then having the ability to choose one or both. There there were some restrictions on your choices. Uh, but we've seen some of those go up quite high. Uh, the, uh, collective the duality, Yeah, Heck yeah. Uh, That went up a lot. A lot of those ones from, um, from, uh, the cons. All the Dramokas, the commands. Dramokas command and right. a couple of those that all had multiple choices. And I think some of those spiked pretty hard.
0: Yeah, they sure did. That Dramokas command was really great.
1: Uh, cuz they were great. I mean, this is another thing where it's utility. Yeah,
0: you you, you can just, choose yeah. what
1: option you want. And if in some cases, choose all of them.
0: Yeah. so
1: you can't go wrong with that. Uh, this is a really nice card. I don't think just, yeah, it's a really uh, nice one. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the ones in the past have been more powerful maybe than this, but right now we're looking at, you know, around a dollar, maybe a little less for this card. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing a, a three damage to each creature, or a creature that you get lifelink. So I think you can't go wrong with that. Choose
0: please. one or both, yeah. damage Three damage to all creatures, or
1: all your creatures
0: have lifelink until end of turn. Or both. Or both. Yeah. So, um,
1: three I I like any of these ones. I think this is another one of those categories where, you know, cards to look for. And yeah. I'd say cards like this that give you multiple options... And all positive options for a low cost, they're winners.
0: Yeah, I think so. You can't go wrong with that. Again, the, the utility value is really high.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Excellent. So, yeah, for our, just to review our picks, we've had, uh, I had, um, I'll go through mine briefly. I had the uh, Cabal Stronghold, I had the Vanquisher's Banner, and I had the, uh, Reform.
1: And I had the Omnispell Adept, the Knive and Concoct, and the Deafening Claron, all from Guilds of Ravnica. So buy them now. They're all there, and they're pretty cheap. They're ready for you. They're but ready and waiting. <laughs> exactly. Very good.
0: All right. Did you want to shut it down?
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're all set. So until next time, may all your picks turn to gold. We'll see you later. Take it easy. See you.